you know, I was so fortunate because at the time I was getting to know you, I was, that was also the time that I was getting to, I was launching my 10 year um, stint with the California Shakespeare company, which, uh, or Berkeley Shakespeare festival, as it was called at the time. And so, you know, my, my tent poles of creative work for a decade were placed by Shakespeare. Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, whatever it is, wherever you are. I'm Austin Titchener, one-third of the Reduced Shakespeare Company, and you're listening to this week's Reduced Shakespeare Company podcast, now in its 15th year, number 754, My Favorite Hamlet. This week, my trilogy of conversations with director and outgoing chair of the Cornish College of the Arts Theatre Department, Richard E.T. White, concludes with a focus on his production of Hamlet at the California Shakespeare Theatre in 1982. Richard's Hamlet starred John Vickery, the original scar in The Lion King on Broadway, a portrayer of Beta Zeds, Cardassians, and Klingons on three separate Star Trek spin-offs, and a former co-star of mine in a TV movie in the early 2000s. John Vickery's Hamlet remains for me almost 40 years later, quite possibly my favorite performance of that role I've ever seen. It's definitely the favorite performance I've ever seen live. So one of the things Richard E.T. White and I talked about was how this production came about and why, for at least 10 years for Richard and most of my life for me, we keep returning to Shakespeare again and again. Starting in 1980 with the Merry Wives of Windsor and ending in, uh, not ending really, but, you know, sort of move, going through to 1990 with uh, Twelfth Night. And, uh, you know, and, and uh, that led me all over the country. You know, I've done Shakespeare now in multiple states and multiple venues. Um, and I think the thing that kept me returning to that work and that was so incredibly satisfying about it was that it wasn't just about telling the story of a single person. You know, no matter how leading actor focused it is, even Hamlet, you know, uh, who has the most lines of anybody in the entire canon, you know, what, what all of his plays seem to me to be about is, is community, you know, and the breadth and reach of society. And so in, in those plays, there's always characters who are working class. There are always characters who are upper class. There are always, there's always tension and, um, and, and hopefully the possibility of rapprochement between you know, people at wide, wide degrees on the kind of spectrum of, of class and, and wealth and power. And you know, the, the, probably the classic scene is from that play that I unfortunately never had a chance to direct, which was Henry V, which is the scene where Henry goes out into uh, before the big battle and he goes out and he just hangs out with the soldiers. And, you know, he just gets this earful from these working class men who are about to die for something that they really have no tangible relationship to. And, you know, it teaches him something extraordinary and powerful and it affects his rhetoric in the, you know, the next day and the way he becomes a, a leader. Yeah. And, you know, that's the thing that uh, I love about working on Shakespeare really is that sense of the, 
of the global and, and inclusive view uh, that is, I think, what makes his plays powerful metaphors that are reinterpreted time and time and time again and open to any culture, any society, engaging with them as metaphors for the way life is lived right now. Well, and gun to my head, that might be my favorite scene in the canon, that scene mm -hmm. of Henry V. Yeah, mm -hmm. I love that scene. And I, I mean, you, I was, I guess I was on the East Coast going to grad school and then working in Summerstock during your ascension in the whatever that was, the 80s mm -hmm. in the Bay Area and just missed you in Chicago. I think you had just <laughs> left Chicago by the time I got here. But right. you 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 got something out of the John Guare musical Two Gentlemen of Verona that I didn't think could be got out of. And well, <laughs> and, and partially that's because Stephen Weinstock and I made a whole bunch of truly illegal updates and rewrites, you know, we, ah, we that don't, don't tell Mr. Guare or his agents, but you know what, <laughs> what we, we got this opportunity um, to, to direct for, um, uh, I think it was from, through the music department. It yep, wasn't right. through the drama department. You know, right. that no, was, God, that was, God forbid they would do ever a, a musical. Yeah. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> I mean, it was kind of classic, you know, that was part of the intemperance of the, the drama faculty with me was that I kept just grabbing every directing opportunity and producing opportunity that I could, you know, and uh, somehow never managed to pass my German exams. Uh, and well, it was like one of the glory, one of the one of the worst things about the department is that they didn't kind of direct your direct your work. Uh, but one of the great things about the department is that they didn't direct your work, mm. so you could just go off and do whatever you wanted to do. Yeah, I mean, I did have, I did, I did have, and basically gave myself a lot of freedom to yeah. to to do that. But uh, but yeah, two gents was was uh, it was so much fun to work on because you know we thought, well, this is this is low stakes, not for us, not for the students, but in the world, this is a low stakes. Uh, it's not in our, it's not in the drama department. We're not going to get graded on it. Right. Um, I think we actually got paid a little bit of money for it, which was sweet, but, but it was a chance to do something big and bold and, and kind of crazy and make some mistakes. And, uh, and so it was a, you know, we sat down and we looked at, at what John Ware had done, you know, a decade or so before where he had taken Shakespeare and reformatted it for those, because uh, it was originally done as a bus and truck tour in the boroughs right, around, right, around New York. And yeah. so it was meant to be um, the theater of the street. Yeah. And so, you know, that was what Steve and I sat down with and just said, what's the street? Well, the street is Telegraph Avenue. And so, you know, that was the first image that we shared in the in our production, which was Telegraph Avenue in Berkeley, and and uh, Verona became Berkeley, and uh, uh, you know, then the, then all of our characters go south to L.A., where it's you know, it's uh, it's like you know, hippie socialist Berkeley meets uh, glamorous power centric uh, Los Angeles. Yeah, and and that became the metaphor, and I think we were being really true to the intention of uh, Joe Papp and John Guare when they, and Galt McDermott when they came up with that original idea of that transposition. Uh, 
but uh, but it's super lucky that uh, the the folks at you know Samuel French or whoever had the rights uh, weren't you know sitting out in the audience because they'd be they would have been ticking off a lot of boxes. <laughs> they would have would have run out of legal pads. <laughs> That's right. That's right. Um, well, you you also did the the. I mean, I, I've seen so many productions of Hamlet, and mm-hmm. yours with John Vickery is still the favorite I've ever seen. Well, I, you know, I've seen a lot of productions and I think, I think some of them were better than mine, but I've never seen, and I've seen a lot of Hamlets, you know, I've seen multiple productions at the RSC and elsewhere. I I don't think I've ever seen a better Hamlet than John Vickery. I I just feel like John owned the role. And, um, you know, it was a, that was a, that was a really interesting collaboration because John and I sat down from the very beginning and we said, we are, we are going to make this together. And so we, we, before rehearsals even started, John and I went line by line by line by line through at multiple versions of the play. And then using, um, I had the idea of using the second uh, folio. So no, the second quarto right. as, our, as our basic text, um, which, you know, John was a little about, but, you know, we, we sort of found our way into it. And then we just, you know, we had, four or five different versions of the text and we just, we cut and we pasted and mm-hmm. we put together our own version of that play that was, that came exactly out of who we were and what we cared about. I mean, John and I were both uh, keenly aware that we were the same age as Hamlet in the, in the play. We were both entering our thirties. Mm-hmm. Um, we had both been in academia and had had, you know, various kinds of experience in it. We were both now out in the world. John had just had a significant success playing Henry IV at the New York Public Theater with Des Mackinoff. And so that's where Peter Layton got the idea of asking John to play Hamlet. Um, but, uh, you know, we, I don't know, it, we, we made that together because it was who we were and who we needed to be. And, mm-hmm. and that was the kind of central core of that. And so whatever successes from that production, I think, you know, they, they, they first of all stem from this very strong bond and conviction that John and I had as collaborating artists, that this had to be true to who we were right now. Hi, this is Joanne Pillsbury. I'm the Angela E. Pearson Curator of Ancient American Art at the Metropolitan Museum of Art, and we're listening to the Reduced Shakespeare Company podcast. Where can you RSC the RSC? We're still the remote Shakespeare Company for at least six more months, but we're beginning to have some small, cautiously optimistic conversations about returning to venues sooner than that if conditions and equity rules permit. We'll keep you posted on Facebook and Twitter as soon as we know anything more. And now back to my conversation with director and educator Richard E.T. White about his 1982 production of Hamlet starring John Vickery. As soon as Scott Pollan heard that John Vickery was playing Hamlet, he was on the phone to me saying, I'll do anything. So boom, Horatio, Yep. you know, and, and there was a truth to that relationship that was profound because Scott and John were longtime friends and collaborators at the Berkeley stage. And, and John uh, and, and Scott had a kind of respect and love and awe for John's 
talents as a classical actor that were uh, exactly parallel to the way that Horatio feels about um, <clears throat> about Hamlet. And, uh, you know, Drew Eshelman came in to play Polonius. And then, you know, we just had a whole group of uh, Berkeley Shakes actors who had been through three years of working together. Um, and, and so, you know, there's this, you know, fantastic leading actor, this ensemble that was just sort of willing to jump at that point and go anywhere. Um, I remember Kevin Gardner, who was the previous Hamlet at Berkeley Shakes, you know, and had been, you know, lauded and won multiple awards. You know, I, I said to Kevin, uh, you know, we, I, the, the most I can offer you is Laertes. And he said, I'm there, I'm there for awesome. that. Awesome. And so, you know, people just wanted to be part of it. They knew, you know, and, and John and I had already worked together on Merry Wives of Windsor, which was my first show with okay. Berkeley Shakes, um, and where he was Dr. Caius and was just, you know, phenomenal. <laughs> and so, I don't know, there was, a, and, and we had worked together at Berkeley Stage on Earthworms. Um, John and Scott and I had all been in Earthworms, working on Earthworms together. And so, you know, there was a there was a kind of a trust and a willingness. Now, <laughs> I remember that was that was tested um, when because uh, I um, I Hamlet was the it wasn't the beginning, but it was very early in the 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 incredible relationship I had with a costume designer named Barbara Bush, um, and Babs did you know a, a ton of work for me. Um, almost all my shows, uh, almost all my Shakespeare productions, I think, you know, she was the costume designer for. And um, certainly, uh, you know, Hamlet. And, you know, we just had this idea of we didn't want to do a conventional Hamlet. We had an environmental set, mm -hmm. uh, which you probably recall, you know, it's, you know, seven or eight different playing areas all scattered through the auditorium. We had this brilliant Brazilian German uh, or Brazilian Norwegian uh, set designer, Ewald Hockler, mm -hmm. who, uh, you know, who, who did this, the scenography um, with Peggy McDonald. And so, you know, we really wanted to create a Hamlet that was unlike convention. And uh, it was active, it was alive, it was vibrant, and it was young. It was as angst-ridden and funny as we were in our 30s. Um, but they weren't quite ready for Barbara coming in with these very weird conceptual designs <laughs> and modern dress. And I think John was initially very disappointed because doublet and hose was how he saw himself. Um, and, uh, but, you know, uh, so when he saw the initial picture of himself in black jeans and a black leather jacket, he was a little bit dismayed. Um, but I'm also proud to say that at the end of the production, he decamped with the black leather jacket. You know, he took that with him. <laughs> um, and, and he, you know, John came around to some of the, the weirdest ideas that we, we had. You know, we had this, uh, you know, you'll, you may recall this. You know, we had this idea that the players were this avant-garde experimental troupe. You know, mm -hmm. and uh, we got a, you know, we had this very strange choreography and it was all played to electronic music and mm. it was just the weirdest thing. And, and uh, you know, I remember the first time they showed it to us, the choreographer presented it and showed it to us in rehearsal and you just kind of heard a pin drop. And, and then 
all of a sudden you hear John Vickery from the balcony at the back of the theater going, that's one of the greatest things I've ever seen. <laughs> and it just, phew, you know, it was, and it was like, okay, we, you know, what a journey we took together on this. Well, and it was in 81, 82? This it was, was in 1982. So 20 years later, exactly, I worked with John uh, on a TV movie oh. about, about called The Big Time, about the early, directed by Paris Barkley, uh-huh. former DGA president. And, um, oh, yeah. And uh, uh, NYPD Blue, superb yeah. director. Yes, he uh, he didn't direct my episode of NYPD Blue, but I had auditioned yeah. a lot for him. And so uh-huh. when I came into audition, audition for the big time, he I was wearing a big hat and a 40s sort of trench coat because it was about the li- first days of early days of live television in 1940s. And I walk in like that and Paris just goes, oh, Austin. And uh, and then I started getting I John and I played um uh, actors, New York stage actors doing a live on television performance of Doll's House. Ah. And I was Tessman and he was Dr. Whatever his name is. Dr. And, and I, when I saw him at the table read, I went, wait a second, that's John Vickery. Hang on. And so on our first day of shooting, I said, I'm so sorry, but I have to show you this antique. And I pulled out the program from your Hamlet and told him, I said, I saw this when I was in college (laughs) from sitting in the front row. And, uh, and he was both uh, horrified and delighted and signed it for me and somewhere I have it. But um, no, that was, it was a funny Hamlet, which you don't expect Mm -hmm. and we don't see enough of. And I remember right up until the final moment, it was like the first and still arguably the best. I I play Claudius in a production that Mm -hmm. this wasn't this good. The, the the storytelling of your final fight between Hamlet and uh, Laertes about the stakes and who each character was and how they fought it was it brought so it's brought clarity to every single stage fight I've ever staged myself since then you know how how a fight reveals character and tells the story of the entire play it was phenomenal well thank you I, I really appreciate that because that was obviously one of the things that you know was really important to us and I, I've got to give props there to Michael Calti, who was the, you know, my fight director for years at, at uh, Berkeley Shakes and was a real partner to me in, in uh, many of the most important productions that uh, uh, I've ever done. And um, Michael, yeah, because Michael was an actor, he actually played Osric in that production. Um, <laughs> and so he, uh, you know, he really know, knew, knew how to use storytelling. Mm-hmm. And then having actors like uh, John and Kevin, who were so deeply rooted in the text, who yeah. knew what was going uh, needed to happen, uh, it it made all of that possible. So I'm I'm that's quite moving to me that you remember that that way, Austin. That's that's oh. wonderful. Thank you. That's it for this week's Reduced Shakespeare Company podcast. Send us your favorite Hamlet via email to feedback at reducedshakespeare.com. You can also find us and interact with other fans on our dedicated podcast page on Facebook at RSE Podcast, on Instagram at Reduced Shakespeare Company, or on my preferred platform on Twitter at Reduced. You can also follow me on Twitter at Austin Titchener, and I hope you'll check out my new website, theshakespeareans.com. 
There you can find more information on how I can help you with any upcoming monologues, presentations, or writing projects you're working on. Check out theshakespeareans.com and my Patreon page, patreon.com slash Austin Titchener. Thanks, as always, to my favorite Ophelia Matthew Croak, web services by Ginger Power Limited, music by John Weber and Garage Band. Our random fan shout-out this week goes to Starrett Collins. No reason, it's just random. Special thanks to Joanne Pillsbury, the curator of ancient American art at the Metropolitan Museum of Art in New York City. And finally, thanks very much to you for listening. Please stay safe, stay home, get vaccinated, and keep your masks on. I'm Austin Titchener, 754-2260 of the Reduced Shakespeare Company. The one thing I was able to do in the production where I play Claudius was to convince both the director and the fight guy to say, look, Shakespeare wrote it wrong. The real fight isn't with Laertes, it's with Claudius. Mm -hmm. So Claudius is going to fight back. So Claudius and Hamlet, we had a sword fight too. So I got a sword fight. Good God. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Well, Um, uh, I I, I wasn't that bold, but I'd like to think that you seeing my production was a stepping stone. Well, 100% it was. This podcast is a production of the Reduce Shakespeare Company. Reducing expectations since 1981. Go to ReduceShakespeare.com for performance dates, actor bios, email newsletters, and so much less. And so much less. And so much less. And so much less. And so much less.